Warning. What you're about to hear is born of long years of deep friendship, shared experience, brutal honesty, and the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Please do not walk up to the first black or white person you know and start this sort of banter. It will not end well. Welcome to Racial Heresy, the show where two Episcopal priests, one black, one white, attempt to violate the established racial doctrines of American culture and provoke you to do the same. Allow me to introduce Father Jabril Ballantine, a Kaepernick-supporting, Nazi-hating, fire-next-time-breathing priest, husband, father, friend, and all-around good Negro. And allow me to introduce Father Case Ramey, a white supremacist protest guy with America chanting social justice preaching, priest and an all-around high-quality cracker. Are you even hearing me sing? We keep lives. I'm going to be lives. I mean, it keeps freezing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is awful. BeLive.tv. If y'all listening to us do this broadcast using your software, y'all y'all need to upgrade your bandwidth. This thing is awful, man. So we're going to try it anyway. They're trying to silence your voice, brother. They're trying to silence your voice. The powers that, that be. I think that, that, that must be what it is. The powers that be don't want us to be live. And so they're trying to silence us because every time a brother starts talking, I get frozen, but they ain't going to kill what we got to say, brother. How you doing today? Uh, well, you know, I'm hanging in there, but it's it's uh, it's been a long, long couple of days. It has been crazy. Ooh-wee, but I have to tell you that. Hey, you know, it, 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 it is crazy times in the city. Um, you know, we, we, we've we been sitting here, standing here, watching this nonsense go down. Um, seeing, you know, the aftermath and stuff in in Charlottesville, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. You were down there, huh? I did. I did. I went there uh, at the invitation of uh, my bishops, actually, uh, and uh, and some other uh, priests and and friends uh, in the area. And uh, uh, yeah, in fact, hey, shout out Aisha uh, uh, is uh, is online with us tonight, and she was there, um, uh, standing and marching and directing and keeping me in line, if that's possible. But yeah, it was it was an incredible <laughs> experience. Um, I went down there so uh, so naive so uh, unaware um of really the depth of what was going on um the depth of the sin uh that that uh i was participating i mean as a a member of the society that existed um and uh it was crazy i mean it, it started to become clear when that we were doing something other than protesting a statue you know when the nazi flags came out and and the and the armor you know the armor and the nazi flag yeah, that was that was for me. That was wild. You know, you see all these people out there and they look like straight up SS helmets, you know, Nazi helmets. You know, they were out there fully armed to the T. And uh, you, 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 I was in Florida, of course, watching this go down. Like, what in the hell is happening? And, you know, it's like, OK, here, here we go. You know, I remember years ago, man, I was sitting, shout out to my, my frat brother, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, one of my frat brothers, Kobe Little. Uh, we were sitting we were sitting in a bar in, in D.C. on U Street years ago when Barack Obama was first elected president. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were sitting at the bars, just take, having a celebratory drink, and he turns to me and he says, I wonder what the white backlash is going to be like after this. Mm. 
you know, because, mm. you know, if, 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 you, if you're a person of conscience, you had to know that all of this was coming. You know what I mean? If you study history, you will understand that every time there have been some sort of civil rights gains, you know, you know, white supremacy wears its ugly head. Yeah, I tell people, you know, white supremacists end up, they go back in the shadows because they do their work when they founded the country and they built this system that established white privilege. And then they turned it over to you good natured white folks mm-hmm. and said, we've done our job and now we'll just sit back. And every time, you know, that white privilege arose a little bit, those white supremacists come up and they tweak the system a little bit and they tinker with it and whatnot. And then they establish some more privilege and then they fade back into the background but they always come out so when you see you know all kinds of people that are non-white land-owning men uh starting to make gains in society white supremacy wears its ugly head and starts to remind negroes where their place is and so you knew this was going to happen you just didn't think it was going to get this ugly this fast you know I don't know what I thought. I I don't know what I thought, but this was not it. This was a surprise. And even, you know, on this show, I have uh, I and and you both. I mean, we've talked about trying to repent of white surprise, right? White shock and 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 awe at at the depth of of what happens in our country and 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 the depth of the sin out there um and and in here in, in so many ways and and we we just need to repent of that sin and i keep trying and and i keep getting <laughs> surprised and shocked um as we keep going on and it and it it's heartbreaking yeah you know um i guess the heartbreaking thing for me is that we we, we never seem to we never seem to hold it long enough we always find ways to excuse it right and so now the big thing is, you know, white supremacy is only represents a small sector of American society, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to people, you know, as we watched all of this and all of the media is coming down and saying, you know, white supremacy is just a small sector of society. And even you heard it in Donald Trump's um defense of the protest when he said, you know, it was only a small amount of white supremacists and, and neo-Nazis, but the rest were good people. They just happened to be supporting something vile and evil, but we won't even, you know, talk about that. But mm-hmm. so long as we think that it represents only a small sector of our society, I wonder if we'll ever be able to effectively deal with it, you know, because yeah. no... Who, who deals with small problems? I mean, especially when we talk about asset-based community development and stuff like that, and everybody's talking about your strengths finders and, 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 and whatnot, and let's focus on our strengths and not worry about our weaknesses. And so, you know, it's a small sector of our society that holds white supremacist values, and that's a weakness, but we're not going to look at that. We're going to focus on all the good that's over here, mm. you know? Mm. But until we come to grips with the fact that that sector of society ain't as small as we think. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we ever get to beloved community and to pull from what the Episcopal Church talks about becoming beloved community, right? Um, I don't know how we ever get there until we acknowledge how far away we are from being a beloved community. Oh, yeah, no, it, it is it, that that mentality of this sort of this is a fringe, this is a this a a, a a violent and small little piece of my a true a true minority just um that's what it felt like to me i mean it, in even even standing there watching groups of armor clad neo nazis white supremacists walking down the streets of charlottesville um you know i was talking with another brother today uh another priest in in the diocese and um he asked me about that and i i honestly that's why i had to tell him i mean it felt surreal it felt 
fringe. Like this is this has got to be a um, you know, a kind of kind of out there sort of thing. Like this isn't almost this isn't real. Um right. and and that um that's that's sort of, it, it feels connected to the silence of of our society in many ways about about right. this, right? You know, that that right. small fringe stuff, we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to talk right. about it. Just and that becomes really a question. Good. It's hard. It's hard. You know, it's already hard as a black man to talk about being an Episcopalian. You know, you say you say you're Episcopalian and most black folks are like, what the hell is that? You know <laughs> what I mean? It's harder still to talk about being a black Episcopal priest. Right. Mm. Like like you are a priest in one of the churches that was responsible hand in glove for establishing the system of white supremacy. I mean, this is the Church of America. This is the church yeah. that write the constitution that helped develop all the laws that you know formed the university swanee university to be the university of the south you know to be mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. the confederate harvard you know and and so how do you stand up and it's hard you know you i stand in 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 in, in before my people and they don't even i don't even get invited to black clergy meetings you know what i mean because it's like yeah you're black but you can't be black clergy because you're part of the episcopal church you know and so <laughs> and then and then in the midst of all of this and trying to be um, true to my identity in the image of God, while also trying to be true to my faith, while also trying to be true to my church, it becomes increasingly difficult, like you said, with that silence, right? Mm-hmm. And so here it is, you know, days, days later. And yes, thanks be to God, there's been a couple bishops, and I mean a couple bishops that have come out and said something, you know, disavowing white supremacy and and and, and calling it for what it is. But the vast majority of, 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 of bishops, you know, have been silent. You know, mm-hmm. even those who I know, you know, supposedly, uh, you know, agree that it is vile and evil and so on and so forth. The vast majority of them are silent. And, you know, it's here we go again. It's like I remember reading again and again and again, that letter from a Birmingham jail where Dr. King is castigating white clergy for the sin of gradualism. And mm-hmm. the question becomes, how do we as a church stand before society and be a source of healing when we can't even name sin? We talk about Donald Trump can't name it, but mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. when the church, who you, you mean, we say, oh, the, the president you should turn to as a moral authority. No, nah, the hell with that. The church you should be able to turn to as a moral authority. But when the church mm-hmm. itself cannot open its mouth and say, this is wrong. And if you are a person who is here that believes in this, you need to repent or decide you're going to go. And I guess that comes to the topic that we're talking about, you know. Uh, brothers and sisters, y'all can feel free to, to, to chime in, you know, share some comments. You know, if you ask a question, whatever, we can put it live because we really want to have that discussion on, you know, how do we as a church become a moral authority in this space? And I think one of the critical things is, and I, y'all know who've been listening, y'all know I always talk about orthodoxy. One of the critical things is that orthodox principle of excommunication, right? Mm. I mean, you and I were talking about that earlier, and I was telling you uh, that excommunication is a tool of virtue and that the church needs to start using it. So brothers and sisters, that's what we want to talk about uh with you and and explore with you tonight um that virtue that tool of excommunication and how we can use it as a church to be virtuous um and some of you may be like oh my goodness he's talking about excommunication that's not loving uh but 
you know, execution, excommunication really being as a tool of love. I mean, you know, in, in a sense, what it is, is that prodigal son story, you know, where you can go, you can do whatever you want to do. You can't do it here. You know, you can go do whatever you want to do. But my hope, my hope is always that you would come to your senses and come to love and come back home. You know, and, and we had a real example of that. I think it was in the blaze, no less, you know, this story in the blaze about this, um, this, this, this father that saw his son, um, saw his son in the protest, saw a picture of his son in the protest and disavowed his son. He was like, until my son repents of this nonsense, he is no longer welcome home. And I was like, we need to have more of this. And Narance Vaughn, you, you're exactly right. I hope I pronounced your name right. Forgive me if I didn't, please. But the church has not done enough, you know, and, 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 and oftentimes we have used the Bible as a weapon of oppression, you know, uh, a, a weapon to justify um, white supremacy. And so what do we do with that, brother? Well, if, if we're going to uh, if we're going to excommunicate everybody who's been silent on this issue, um, we're going to have a really small church. Um, yeah, well, I think I think I think Melanie's comment co- comes to that. I think y'all y'all on that same wavelength. That's that white vibe yeah. connecting over the airwaves or something. But you know that thing that you know, yeah, there are stages of excommunication, and 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 when we talk about applying those, when we talk about silence, right? So you know, rabbit in my mind, rabbit white supremacy. There's no excuse for that. You know what I mean? You out there, you know, you know, blood and soil, and it ain't even your soil. You know what I mean? You out there talking about all kinds of crap. You know what I mean? Like you will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. Like get out of here. You know what I mean? Like 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 that's a non-starter, right? But um, when you talk about that silence, to me as a pastor, it becomes a conversation, right? And I remember, man, and 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 we talked about this, you know, earlier today, mm-hmm. brother. When we were planning for this show, I remember when I was still in a parish, and I was still a, at a parish on a day in, day out basis, and remembering, you know, identifying people, and we do this all the time. We know, we come to know people, and we come to know some of the things that they do, and some of their, you know, their closet sins, their pocket sins. Mm-hmm. And I found myself wondering what would happen if I just started, you know, purposefully, intentionally withholding communion from folk you know what i mean like yeah you're a womanizer you're cheating on your wife no you can't you can't come to communion until you repent to that you know what i mean yeah you're 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 you know you're you're robbing people and extorting money and you know shortchanging people on their no you can't you can't come to communion until you repent of that that's what that's what happened to zacchaeus you know zacchaeus returned fourfold everything that he had extorted from everyone um, so when we talk about these stages of excommunication, it's identifying that, you know, folk who've been silent. Now, I want to talk to you as a, as your pastor. I need to talk to you, mm-hmm. you know, and we need to have a conversation about your silence. Mm. And when you talk about, well, you know, Father, I just want to keep my head down and I'm trying to live my life. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know what they do and I can't talk about what they do. You know, we got to have a conversation of that now. God willing, as a pastor, I'm able to point you to the word and show you how your silence is sinful, right? Mm-hmm. And if I do that effectively, and then you still say, eh, I'm going to still be silent about this white supremacy. My husband is a is Richard Spencer, and I, I ain't going to talk to him about that because, you know, that's how we make up. Now you got to go. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, because if I convict you with the word and you see the word and you identify the word, then how do I let you stay in communion if you've rejected the word? Uh, all right. Well, um, somebody feel free to jump in with a comment here. So I'm not the only one squirming, right? I mean, the, 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 the love and the, and the unity and the upbringing and the, and the, and the hold it all together and the be at peace with one another and, and, and all the unity and, and we are one just as the, you know, all, all that pushes so hard against, you know, yeah. Oh, oh, wait. All right. Aisha's going to save me. Aisha saved me here. <laughs> we don't have to excommunicate people who are silent, but we definitely cannot be silent because we fear people will leave our churches. Oh, right. Mm. Right. Mm. And, 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 and that's the point right there, Aisha. You know, it's like that gives them the opportunity to self-excommunicate. -ex you know what I mean? It's like Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn you, but, you know, you condemn yourselves by your actions. You know, this is the this is the standard of the quorum. This is the standard of conduct. And like you said, Aisha, if they, if they want to go, then they can go. You yeah. know what I mean? But I'm not worried about maintaining the church budget. So I got to appease sin because, you know, the sinners are always the one who are contributing the most money because they think they can buy their way into heaven. And I don't want to piss them off. So, you know, I'm going to just play nice and go along to get along because Jesus is going to work it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Melanie chimed in with a comment and I it 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 popped off the screen. It didn't pop back up. There it is. Oh. Uh, yeah, the question around around community uh and where that where that fits in. Um Yeah, what well, you, you know, I got thoughts for days on this type of stuff, man. So, uh I I like the idea of in the aftermath of a white supremacist flare up having the white man squirm. So, mm -hmm, I want to let mm -hmm. you just hang in that space for a little right. bit. <laughs> Woo, woo. Uh, yeah, you know, when, when you and I were talking about this earlier and, and trying to struggle and you first started talking about excommunication and, and I, um, so, so let me, let me walk it back from the extremes and see if that helps me stay in community. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. there, there, there has to be some point, right. There has to be some point at which we say, look, if you've got white supremacists in your congregation and you are a leader in this church, lay or ordained, right? That, that you need to bring that up. You need to name that and you need to act on that. Thanks, Aisha. There. Yeah. I'm squirming. You need to, you need to name that, right? That, that silence needs to be broken there. And, and if, if we're not sure about executing everybody in the church, if we're not sure about how silence works and it doesn't, at least we can be sure about Nazism and white supremacy in its most virulent, violent, murderous form. And we should be. And maybe we can start there, right? Maybe let's take the, the, the I don't know, the easy step and say, can we agree about that? Can we agree about excommunication at, at that point? Is that what we need? Yeah. Um, I think, I think, you know, <laughs> I found myself saying Donald Trump is making America great again, you know, because he is forcing whoa. people, he is forcing people to wrestle with a whole bunch of crap that they did not think that they were going to have to wrestle with. I mean, could you imagine? I never thought I would see the day where Charles Krautheimer and I agreed on a whole lot of stuff, you know? And mm. <laughs> so, you know, the lions are laying down with the lamb because everybody is like, oh shit. 
did he just say that? Mm. You know, we're supposed to, and, 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 and most of the white supremacists are like, you know, okay, let me say most of the white nationalists, because I, I, I say white supremacists are, 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 are worse, right? But most of the white nationalists are like, you know, we're not supposed to be saying that anymore in public. We're supposed to be having that in quiet conversation, kind of wink and nod. We're not supposed to be out there letting people know that we agree with this stuff, that we support this stuff. But here he is doing it and forcing people that we never thought we would hear say that white supremacy is evil. I mean, I was watching Fox News the other day and a panel of five people, four of them were all jumping on the president, you know? And it was, it was mind-boggling to me. You know, and, and thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. If that's what it takes, you know, I said, you and I have talked about it. You know, I said, I, I think Donald Trump is going to be great for the country because he's going to be so bad for the country, mm. you know, and, and he's going to force us to reconsider um, what it means to be an American, what it means to pursue beloved community. And so like Aisha says, you know, when, when she talks about her bottom line, thank you for this sister. Jesus was a loving, just dark haired, dark skinned Jewish man. If you can't loudly condemn what's happening, then you clearly don't like Jesus very much, mm. you know. Mm. And 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 you know Jesus also, in addition to being a dark a dark haired, dark skinned man, Jesus was also a Jew, you know. And so if you're yeah. talking about you know you, you are a white Christian nationalist or whatever, and you're saying Jews will not replace us, you know, and you know you want to kill all the Jews, you know, think about that for a moment. Who was it that killed Jesus? You know what I mean? Do you want to be on the side of people that, that you want to be on the side that killed Jesus? You know, like that becomes the question. And so when we talk about community, to get back to Melanie's point from my standpoint, is, and when, 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 when you're squirming, I let you, let you squirm long enough. Mm -hmm. Thank you. you, know, Thank we, you. We, we, when we talk about community, it's always this thing, you know, Talk about health care, right? And I'm not talking about Obamacare or Trump care or any of that stuff, right? But talk about health. You go to a doctor and, and the doctor gives you an examination and, and, and God willing, this doesn't happen. But for those who this has happened for, uh, you know, thanks be to God, hopefully you're all right. But you go to the doctor and he gives you a diagnosis of cancer, right? No one says, ooh, I want my cancer. Let me hold on to this cancer. You know, you know, I just want to keep this tumor. It's a special tumor to me. You know, you want to cut that cancer out. You know, if, if there's cancer in the body, you remove it. And sin is a cancer. White supremacy is a cancer. And so when for the sake of community, for the sake of community, you got to remove cancer. Mm. You know, if if you try to treat it with 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 medication, with chemo, with with diet and so on and so forth, and that cancerous cell does not convert itself to a, a well cell, a good cell, a whole cell, a healthy cell, the next step is you got to cut it out. Otherwise, the whole community, the whole body dies and you can't want that, right? No, no, we don't want we don't want that. We don't want that. Um whew. The, the, the grace and the, and the sacramental love present in communion, right? In Eucharist, mm -hmm. in something to invite people into, something to hold on to and be fed by, right? It, 
I mean, th- I guess this is just how deep white supremacy runs in in our in our air, right? That that I find myself trying to figure out a way to allow for everybody to keep coming to the to the altar. But you and, see, that, that, but that but that 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 ties into the comment that I just split displayed from 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 the rants again. You know, when we talk about Trump not being a religious person, right? And being able to identify that this person, whoever it is, is not a religious person. You know, I think James Falwell Jr. just just tweeted out um, his fantastic support for Trump and and for standing up for white nationalism and so on and so forth. And this man proclaims to be a Christian leader. We have to we have an obligation to the sheep, to those who would follow these people to let them know that these people are not Christian. These mm-hmm. people will lead you to hell. This is like the Pied Piper, and they're going to lead you over the cliff. Do not follow this person. We have an obligation to do that. You know, I don't believe that I can love you if I see you walking over a cliff, and I'm just like, eh, I hope he stops. I hope he don't go. Mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. I can love you and see you following somebody who's going to lead you over a cliff and just be like, eh. I hope he opens his eyes and stops following them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so for the sake of for the sake of love, for the sake of community, the church has to in this time of all times, the church has to become clear on what is and what is not Christian. I mean, historically that was the purpose of councils. You know, all of these councils these these early church councils were all about identifying what is authentic? What is orthodox? What is the straight way? What is Christian and what is outside of Christianity? So that everyone was clear. If you listen to Arius with the Arian heresy, if you listen to Arius, you are not Christian. You know, if you if you follow the Manicheans, you are not Christian. If you follow the Gnostics, you are not Christian. If you follow the Nazis, you're not you are Christian. not Christian. Right. And, and, and that has to become crystal clear so that people know without a doubt who they are following and where they are going. Now, if you say to hell with the church, I'm going to follow the Nazis anyway, then fine. You know, you make your bed, you have to lie in it. Mm. Mm. But it is our obligation, I believe, and I wonder what, what y'all believe out there, but it is our obligation, I believe, to let people know to identify for people what is the way, what is the truth, what is the life that we're supposed to be following and lead and leading. And take that stand. And as a priest in the church to deny communion. Man, look, people, you know, I know I'm serious. I'm, I'm just you trying to see I'm, a riot. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm trying to put words to it and, and, and at the same time name how hard that is how that goes against just to just to put it out there right to be completely honest how that goes against um so i i can't even say what it what what i've been taught it just goes it feels like it goes against what how this world has shaped me into being right yeah. like as much as 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 i love and 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 thanks be to God, have these relationships and this relationship with you, especially to have this place to explore across racial divides and explore experiences that go well beyond my own as a white man. And still I am shaped and formed in such a way to say, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a really big step. Like this is, there's, there's nothing left after this, right? This is the last, 
this is the last bullet in the chamber if I wasn't a little less into violent images, right? Um, this is the last thing. That's the last thing we got to have. Yeah, I, I, I don't want anyone to look at it as being so terminal, right? The, the wisdom of the fathers, to, to Aisha's point, you know, I don't think it would get to that. You know, I think once you start speaking truth, they will walk themselves out, right? Mm. But mm. even that is, I don't want you to see as a terminal point. The wisdom of the right, fathers right. is that excommunication is a tool of love, is a tool of virtue. You know, I don't, I don't cast you out because I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I cast mm. you out because I want you to come back. You know, I cast you out because I want you to realize how much you miss the community and miss being a part of the community and come to the point where you're willing to repent, where you're willing to correct yourself and fall in line with what is the faith, what is authentic Christianity. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so like the story of the prodigal son, if you notice that story, the, yeah, the father told him, gave him all that his inheritance and told him to go. Right. But when that boy came back, that boy didn't even make it back home before the father ran to him. Right. So what right. that says is that the father was looking, the father, like every day looking out the window, is my son coming back today? Is my son coming back today? Is my son coming back today? And finally, when he saw his son coming over the ridge, he's like, oh, thanks be to God, my son is coming back. And he starts to run to him and he welcomes him and he kisses him and he throws this feast for him. He's like, thanks be to God, my son that was lost is now found. Mm. Mm. That boy was lost before he left the house. It wasn't just when he went out there that he was lost. He was lost from the time he was in the house. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we have when, 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 when we have people in our pews who hold these sorts of values. They're already lost. You like, can't love God and hate your neighbor. And love and hate if, can never be friends. If I'm letting you sit there in the pew and think that you're loving God when you're hating your neighbor your relationship with God is broken and I'm, I'm doing nothing to help, to help you with that. I'm doing nothing to, to point out, I am not loving you in any way to let you sit in, in this sin, um, hate, hating your neighbor and therefore not having a relationship with God, especially fooling yourself into thinking you've got one. Right. Um, right. And it's broken and I'm doing nothing right. about it. Right. Like, like it says, like it is written, you know, how can you love God who you cannot see if you cannot love your brother who you do see? Mm. You know, and, 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 and so if you have no relationship with God, we already saying that you're lost. And so I need you to be found. And so go out there, you know, can't stay here. Go out there and find it. And once you find it, then come back. Mm. You know, and, and, but if I never tell you, so long as you hold on to these sort of views and actions, you cannot be here, then you'll never reform. Mm. And that's the problem I believe that we have is that we have so many people that come to church week in, week out that have nothing to do with Christ, nothing to do with Christianity, nothing to do with love. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, you know, this weekend, this weekend has demonstrated to me that um, we have done so much damage uh, by abdicating our responsibility to hold one another accountable. And so it, 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 it's, it's high time in my mind that we start holding everyone accountable, that we start holding each other accountable. You know, I need to love you enough to see you make it to the kingdom. 
and hope that you love me enough to see me make it to the kingdom. You know, and then anything that would keep me out of the kingdom, you would love me enough to say, stop that shit. And that I would love you enough to do the same, you know? And yeah, it, it, when we talk about levels of excommunication, it always takes different strides, right? I mean, it's like loving your child, you know? Sometimes you got to be firm. Sometimes you got to be gentle. Sometimes you got to be permissive. So, you know, it takes a whole bunch of things to try to figure out what gets that child to, to conform, to reform, to repent, you know? And that has to be the impetus, not just, you know, am I making sure that everybody leaves here happy? They've put their mm. tithes in their plate. They feel good about themselves. They, they know every week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like Karl Marx called religion the op opioid of the masses. You know, all we do is, you know, people come to church and they're like, Father, hit me. You know, and, and Father hit them with that good sermon and they, whoo, glory. And they go on their way and then life beats them down. They see all the racism, all the hatred, all the sexism, all the bigotry, all the so on and so forth. And by Saturday night, they're like, oh, if I could just make it to church, everything going to be all right. And, and the cycle just keeps going. Mm. Mm. And then you end up with, you know, what we saw in Charlottesville on on, on Saturday. You know, wow. and and somehow, somehow, even though it wasn't like we saw Charlottesville on a Monday, you know, somehow we saw Charlottesville on a Saturday and on a Sunday, countless churches had nothing to say about it. Nothing. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, you, you know, people who still waiting, still waiting on dioceses and bishops to make any sort of declaration about it, you know, but at the same time, I'm supposed to believe that my life matters to you. When you can see some crap like this on TV, be be my shepherd, be my pastor, be my bishop, be my diocesan leadership, and so on and so forth, and have nothing to say. Because you know that there's white supremacists in your diocese flying the Confederate flag, so on and so forth, and you don't want to piss them off. Yeah, we, we're all one body united in the, the, the one body of Christ that we share in every week at communion, and yet that sharing links us one to another with with people who would deny your humanity right now that, that doesn't sound uh healthy or loving at all and so the, the 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 fierce urgency of now for that is this for me right especially as we see all this violence right how are we gonna stop the violence if the church can't step in who's gonna stop the violence if the church can't step in mm-hmm and right now, the church has no authority. The church has no authority with white supremacists to get them to stop the violence. The church has no authority with Antifa to get them to stop the violence. The church has no authority with anyone to get them to stop the violence. And don't get me wrong, that is not no equivocation. You know, you know that is not comparing the violence to the violence, right? Because like people said, I, I heard it explained wonderfully. You know, the, the anti-fascists and the anti-racists and so on and so forth are fighting to 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 assert their their equality whereas the white supremacists and, and and the white nationalists and so on and so forth are fighting to assert their supremacy those are two two completely different things mm. right but at the same time violence is bad you know um and how can we stop how can i tell whoever it is, Black Lives Matter, whoever it is in the hood, whoever it is, you know, not to fight when I have no better answer for them. 
when when white supremacy is beating the crap out of them and I have nothing good to tell them. I have no good news for them. I don't even acknowledge their pain and their suffering. How am I ever get them to believe me when I say, you know, don't take up arms and go eye for an eye? Because right now, after you see all of this stuff, I know even as a priest, I'm like, shit, I better get ready. Because hmm. I live in a white neighborhood. I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to go outside and find a Klan rally tomorrow. I mean, there's there's KKK and neo-Nazi right around the corner. And, you know, the church don't care. They they say you got to be careful who you call hate groups. You know, we can't call everybody hate groups. Mm. And so when I know that the church don't care, when I know that good Christians don't care, the only thing left for me, me and my black family in the midst of all these white folks, is to make sure that I'm ready for when these white folks lose their mind. And if I'm thinking that as a priest, I know a bunch of other people are thinking that and feeling that, you know? And so it's, it's like it said, it's like, it's like Naran says, you know, going to church doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make you a Christian, you know? Um, and so what we have to do, and this is, again, this fits right in line with that whole principle of excommunication or denying communion because mm -hmm. In the ancient church, those who were not Christian could not take communion. You could not come to the holy table. But as a church, the Episcopal church, for instance, we let anybody and everybody take communion. And I'm sure all them other churches, especially, you know, the Protestant churches that only have communion once a month, anybody, they ain't, they ain't, checking, they ain't checking cards at the door. You know, anybody, everybody, it don't, you know, it, if it ain't holy, it ain't sacred, whatever, we do whatever. You know, and so... You know, if as long as I'm welcome with my hatred, why would I give up my hatred? Hmm. Take a stand. Take a stand yep. and and make uh, a statement to excommunicate white supremacy from our church, from our pews, um, to value the lives that that all of those sisters and brothers who have stayed with uh, the church, black and brown. Uh, bodies and to value that enough and to value um, the love of God and, and to love even our hateful neighbors enough to excommunicate, to cut yeah. off the cancer, to cut out the disease and, and to say, we, we, we are here. We will, I will talk with you. I will work with you. I will teach and pray and, and converse with you. I will not stand here and pretend in silence, like your hatred and your sin does not exist. Yeah, I mean, brothers and sisters, I mean, it's like, okay, here, you know, St. John Chrysostom, one of the Orthodox fathers would always talk about, you know, the clergy, the, the priest being the physician of the soul, right? And so if we take that analogy and we apply it back to where we were talking about with um, cancer patients, you know, if you're a physician of the soul, and then we imagine that our brothers and sisters and the in parishioners are, you know, like our, our nurses and 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 are, you know, the, the, the physician's assistants and so on and so forth. But everybody in the operating room has a duty to cut out whatever ailment is there. Right? And 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 that's our loving duty. That's your job. When you're in the operating room, you don't, you know, no doctor says, oh man, you got cancer, right? And so I ain't I, I'm not treating you. Now, maybe the cancer is so bad sometimes that there's nothing that we can do for you except help you to go through it peacefully. But even then, no doctor says, 
oh, you got cancer, I ain't doing nothing. But that's essentially what we do as clergy in the church. You know, we see people coming to church every Sunday with cancer, you know, with, with spiritual cancer. And we like, eh, I ain't gonna do nothing. I ain't gonna say nothing. We ain't gonna operate. You know, the 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 the, the surgeon's assistants, the nurses and whatnot, the spiritual nurses and the spiritual assistants, they see people coming in with all sorts of ailments and they're like, eh, eh that's all right. You know, we all gotta die. So, oh well, you know. <laughs> You know, and it's like, you know, uh, you know, and people are, people are wondering, right? Especially, you know, people of color are, are, are essentially wondering, right? You know, what's coming next, right? You know, um, like, and, or that, and that is the point that Aisha is just making, you know, that, that idea that people are coming out from under the rocks. They're coming out from everywhere, right? They, 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 they feel empowered. And that's why. For, for, for me, there's so much urgency, so much fire behind this, right? Because if you're not going to tell me, if you're not going to create safe space for me, I know I can't trust you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If if you're going to say, because you're safe as a white person, you're safe, right? As, as, as much as you may be upset about what you see in Charlottesville, at the end of the day, you're safe. You know what I mean? You know, um, yes, Heather was white. Heather Heyer. Thanks be to God for her life. Um, may she rest in power. But at the same time, Heather had the choice to stay home. Everybody got the choice to stay home, right? But like we know from the tapes, that white supremacist group, when they were forced away from the scene, they went into a black neighborhood. Mm. And then black folk ain't had no daggone choice. No. So... Mm. I got to live in fear that some white supremacist mob is going to get upset and just come after me simply because I'm not white. And, you know, white folks, white Christian folks are just walking around talking about, well, you know, we got to be careful who we call, you know, white supremacists. We can't, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, then you got, then you got the few, the few black people who, for some reason, you know, there's always a house Negro, but you got the few black people who are also saying the same thing. You know, you, I, I will not have you call Steve Bannon a white supremacist. You don't know if he's a white supremacist. So we're going to play nice with evil. We're going to play nice with hate. Mm-hmm. And we're going to all go to hell together. Mm-hmm. There it is. Stand up. Got to stand up, brothers and sisters. Got to stand up now. Now, now is like you know uh, a, a, a test to see how true we are to the faith. A test to see how much we really believe what we say we believe. Uh, because I, I tell you what, the majority of people that I've ever come across who are not church people, who are not Christian, most of the time they're not Christian because they believe the church is full of crap. You know, most of the time they they are not Christian because they see the church as being complicit in racism. They see the church being complicit in in bigotry and hatred. They see the church being complicit in the problem. And so I can't blame them. And we got to stand up. If we cannot stand up now, then the church need to close down. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, so brothers and sisters, y'all know we... We usually have a moment of sin. You know, we try to copy a little bit of what the Daily Show do and establish a moment of sin instead of a moment of zen. But shit, you know, 
Look outside. You'll find your moment of sin. You know, I don't, I don't need to share any moment of sin. I mean, turn on the news. I don't even know what's on the news right now, but I can guarantee you it's going to be something ridiculous. Check your Facebook feed, <laughs> go to YouTube, whatever you need. There are plenty of them out there, especially, especially now. So, brothers and sisters, you know, uh, a charge to keep we have. This is what our ancestors used to say in case you wrote about it in your thesis. You know, there's something that carries over here from the faith mm -hmm. of, of, mm -hmm. of, of black people and, and what we've been through. And, and one of the spirituals would say a charge to keep we have a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. Brothers and sisters, we, we, we got to keep that charge. We, we, we got to keep that charge. We got to keep our eyes focused on the upward call of Christ and not settle for anything less anything that comes from anyone, including the church, that would tell you to be appeasing sin, reject it wholeheartedly, denounce it emphatically, and remove it from your presence. Because love and hate, brothers and sisters, can never be friends. And so it's for you and I to band together with those who love and to reform those who hate or to let them go by the wayside if they so choose. Until next time then, I'm Father Case. And I'm Father Jabril. Imploring you to risk it all and to exercise whatever, whatever power and privilege you have to become a racial heretic. Amen. Thank you all. Peace.